Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You know, the guy we have on today is a, is a screenwriter. He's a very thorough screenwriter. Is we were talking about rewriting, and I started thinking, you know, Brad needs a rewrite. His, <laughs> his then, character needs to be. We need a we new need, uh, we need origin. Re, we need to rework that shit. Yeah. yeah, a new origin. New origin story for Brad. This time he's six foot tall and a, and a, and a triathlete. But he's still Brad. It's just a completely alternate universe version of Brad. But I wouldn't be Brad. <laughs> Right. Well, that's that's the thing. I would be a completely different person if I had a body that right. worked and a brain that worked. Well, then how do we rewrite? Rewrite. Rewrite. Um... We white. We white. <laughs> we we white. <laughs> what? Okay. Okay. Now we're on a topic. If you're going to change one thing about yourself, what would it be? This is What's the sound one sad, thing? <laughs> but like, uh, no, no uh, bone disability. Okay. Like I have the, a bone disease. Yeah. So. Take that out, and then uh, everything's golden. All your problems go away. If no, no, go- <laughs> not problems, because I still have the brain problems. But I would be completely different because I'd probably be doing kung fu and shit. Because I'm obsessed with right, that, yeah, and I loved it so much. It did every day. I I couldn't I, I, I couldn't do it enough days of the like yeah. I, I wanted to go do it every day all day yeah. all the time. I, I and, remember. Yeah, uh, and that's all I would so I would probably like to become a stunt guy in movies and I actually that is what would happen. <laughs> it would be so funny watching you do like one of those like free falls off of the side of a building. Hey but he's oh, bad. but see, but then, then, but then that's where uh, the you know the time travel thing or whatever, where you change whatever you want, time still corrects itself. So I do the fall thing, and then, and then I injure myself, and I end up right here, same thing because yeah. I, I hurt my back and my neck, and yeah. then here I am. That's because destiny and fate are unavoidable. Big yep. enough. Fucking ass. <laughs> no matter what you do. Actually, I don't believe destiny and fate are unavoidable. I have to clear up what I just said. I don't even but... believe in those. <laughs> I don't even believe in those. I don't even believe in those. That's just a bunch of bullshit. For the podcast, <laughs> I'm d- doing a hand motion. Waving my hand. Just... He's shooing them away. Yeah. I don't even believe in those. <laughs> okay, everybody, quiet on the set. Oh, film Reverie Podcast. Take. 107 and action the cat still didn't even flinch he doesn't give a shit
Hey! Hello, Film Reverie listeners. This is Michael Beckmeyer. And I'm Brad. And I just realized maybe you might want to scoot over a hair. Oh, yeah. All right. Okay. We can't get our shit together right now. No. Okay. And it's all your fault. It is. I got to bring up our lower thirds because... Do it. Now you brought up the wrong one. I am not Clive Frank. I ruined it already. (laughs) Now, our guest, who is obviously Clive Frank, who (laughs) we just saw the lower third of, uh, is going to think... Ever since you entered the room, things have been wrong. It was yes. fine. We're having a nice little chat five minutes for five minutes, and you walked in and everything went to yeah. shit. I mean, we couldn't have recorded anything <laughs> at that point. Right, 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 right. Uh, uh, today we have uh, our our guest is Clive Frayne. He's a screenwriter uh, and a. Would you call yourself a screenwriter? Wait, coach? he's not on yet, sir. He's not. We'll bring him in. <laughs> he can I hear told me, you, right? You yeah, me I can hear you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he can hear me, right? Yeah. He's a. Yeah, yeah, would yeah. you call yourself a screenwriting coach, a screenwriter? Um, like? No, no. I mean, what I'm a, I'm a development consultant, which I know Deve- sounds like really poncy, but I mean, it's actually <laughs> there's a there's a kind of difference in the sense that, like, primarily I work with uh, producers as opposed to working directly with writers. Although that's something that's kind of changing. Okay. So um, my my big thing is kind of like helping producers kind of develop scripts for independent film. Okay. So okay. that's kind of what I do professionally. And I mean, I kind of fell into that by accident, basically, with I, I, when I was kind of trying to uh, make films and um, yeah. sort of develop my screenwriting career. People who I used to work with would phone me up and say, oh, I'm working on this project. It's an absolute nightmare. Can you come in and help us fix it? And so I just kind of staggered into this kind of like this kind of weird profession whereby I would turn up and say, well, the problem with this is that the script is dreadful. Um, <laughs> That's the way I talk. <laughs> yeah, no. No sugar. I only say that I'm, about I'm, I only say that about screenplays of other people behind closed door. But I'm almost almost saying that about my stuff. This this shit. Yeah. It's kind of like so. I would come in to the producer and say, "Look, well, your big problem is that the script's nowhere near ready. There's this problem, yeah. this problem." And then we would try and fix it. And then so like on some of those jobs, like I would help the writer kind of get it to the point where it was ready to kind of go out. Mm-hmm. And then, like, as time's gone on, a lot of the time, after we've kind of gone two or three passes with the writer, I step in and just go, wouldn't this just be faster if I just wrote this? <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's, your, so it's, it's, your, like, it's your business model to come in, convince the producer that the writer's not doing it right, so they can pay yeah. you to, fix, to, to write it. Well, I mean, like, that, that was... <laughs> <laughs> I, that, that was how my work kind of started. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, these days, like, uh, well, actually, we're just in the process of launching the new company, and there's about, like, five people involved in it. Okay. Like a producer, like a really uh, amazing screenwriter, and um, another guy who's got, like, script kind of um, editing and mm-hmm. production background. And what we're trying to do is we're trying to change the way that um, development's done. Because that's the thing I really care about more than anything else is actually the, the way in which kind of development is handled. So that rather than kind of writers having to go through the process I, I did, which I, I think mm-hmm. a lot of independent filmmakers go through, is the way that you learn screenwriting and storytelling and independent filmmaking is you turn up with a lot of kind of enthusiasm and great ideas and like full of um, self-confidence. And over the course of like seven, eight, nine years, independent filmmaking beats it out of you. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, and it's yeah. like you like you learn by making mistakes. Yeah. 
and it's and that that was very much my kind of process. I, you know, I I started by making bad short films, yeah. and then went on and made a couple, you know a bad feature, and then made a slightly better feature, and then, yeah. you know, like kind of things sort of sort of kind of take off that when you learn as you kind of go. Yeah. Um, and so the idea is for us to be able to shortcut that process for um, people so that actually they can learn from the mistakes that I made and other people's have learned through the through doing this thing okay. is the idea. So, I mean, that's kind of like what we're doing at the moment. Okay. But, but I mean, that's... Yeah, so that's... Kind of, the answer to the question is that's the reason I call myself a development consultant because yeah. I really hate the term, um, you know, script consultant doctor. or script, oh, script yeah, doctor or something yeah all of those kind of things is yeah. i've always had a kind of queasiness uh, around um because like notes in the industry paid for notes have got such a bad reputation mm. because there are so many people out there who do it so badly and yeah. and whose business model just doesn't work mm -hmm. um and a group of us sat down and said, look, this could be done better. And that's what we're trying to do. So we'll, we launch next month on that. So but we've been we've been doing it for about a year, though, like unofficially. So let's say we're we're producers. We have a script that maybe we wrote yeah. or we got get, we have another writer who wrote and we're yeah. we want to make it into a movie. Yeah. We want to make we want to make this film. And we're like, but the script has problems. So we yeah. come to you and you do what you like say well on page 23 don't no. do that or no like, no absolutely explain not. your process right. okay so i mean so process is my big thing yeah so okay. um I'm, right your book your book is called yeah. the process of screenwriting yeah well yeah. you mean yeah, this yeah. one here yeah yeah, yeah that one there yeah yeah yeah. we want to talk about that too yeah 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 but so um no i mean like for me like the, what, this is another one of the things that I'm really keen on sort of changing is the, the, there's two kind of notes that generally people get. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't think either of them are particularly useful. One of which is the idea of constantly trying to fix the script by changing the structure. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's kind of like, okay. and, and you get this a lot with independent producers because obviously you can go out and you can buy Save the Cat or you can buy, um, you know, yeah. Sid Field's three-act structure or you can read about Hero's Journey or you can watch, you know, the videos on such and such. And, do you know what I mean? There's like loads of information out there on structure. Right. Um, and so you get like some producers who just constantly hammer back notes on changing the structure. But actually mm -hmm. most of the problems with scripts are not structural problems. Mm -hmm. They're actually like they're, they're on kind of layers below that. So I would say, I mean, in, in my consultancy stuff, the, the most common conversation I have with producers is this. A producer will ring me up and he'll say, look, we've got this script and we really like the story, but the characters aren't working. Yeah. And it's kind of like it's always that sentence. And generally the reason that's happening is because what they've done is they've created a plot and then they're dragging these poor characters through these plot points. Yeah. So it's like just like the, 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 the characters don't feel authentic because all they're doing is showing up to do yeah. the thing that the plot says that they should be yeah. doing. There's, there's no happens. natural. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So you get, mm. you end up with this kind of like these horrible kind of like mm -hmm. mechanical kind of scripts. Yeah. Um, and and it's kind of like, okay, well, look, if, if we're going to fix that, we can't just kind of um, keep pushing at the plot. What we need to do is we need to go back and we need to do character work. We need to look at what the, how the fictional world works. What actually is the idea? What's this film about? There's all these different kind of layers below before you get to actual plotting. 
Why do you so, think? Why do you think so many screenwriters, some writers in general, struggle mm. with that? Because I have read. A, I mean, I've read a bunch of screenplays. I've written a bunch. Yeah, yeah. a bunch of screenplays, and I'm sure that I'm certain none of they're not all you know stellar examples. But yeah. when I read stuff, it 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 it. Why do you think so many people struggle with characters and dialogue not sounding like not sounding not being authentic like or real like human, I, mean, human I think beings. it's genuinely because they they start from the plot and then try to create the, yeah. the characters yeah. on top of yeah. that yeah. instead of doing it the other way around so i mean right. i can yeah. the example the example that i use when i'm kind of because uh, i i deliver uh, training for the national film and television school in mm -hmm. in in london i teach kind of screenwriting on in short courses mm -hmm. um and one of the examples i use is okay okay imagine that you, you're inciting incident the thing that starts the story is that there's a suitcase with something valuable in it, mm -hmm. and that suitcase is stolen. Mm -hmm. Okay, so that's a that's a really that's an inciting incident that would work in lots and lots of stories. Yeah. So if the protagonist is Iron Man, <clears throat> then the way that that plot progresses will be driven by who he is, mm -hmm. how he solves problems, what his weaknesses are, and the fictional world that he that he exists in. Does that all make sense? Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. So if you have exactly the same inciting incident, but your protagonist is SpongeBob SquarePants, the film will be completely different. Yeah. And the well, reason it will be completely <laughs> or, yeah, or whoever, I mean, you know, any, any other character. And the reason yeah. that the, the story and the plot will have to be different is because it's a different fictional world with different mm -hmm. rules, and the central character is driven by different things and has different strengths and different weaknesses. Yeah. And all of those things drive the plot, not the other way around. And I think what yeah. happens is, is people do stuff in reverse order. Yeah. So they don't yeah. create the characters and then see how the, how the characters will react to each plot point and have it driven, character-driven. Right. Uh, the, what they it, do is they try and plot drive and then create yeah. characters who fit yeah. into whatever's happening. Does that make sense? I, oh, yeah. yeah. I, it, I think it's because they, they have the idea and they fall in love with the idea. Yeah. And then they have mm. other cooler yeah. ideas attached to that idea. Yeah, yeah. And then the characters are like, oh, we just need some people to do these cool ideas. And, yeah. and you know, and then they get other people to fall in love with it and give them money. And yeah. then next thing you know, it characters don't matter. Yeah. I can't yeah. tell you how many times I've been writing and I'm trying to, uh, oh, was it the square peg in a round hole yeah, thing? Yeah. And you, I mean, you hear it all the time in writing, like, let the characters tell you what needs to happen next. Yeah. But, and I've, they, so many times I've been sitting there writing and a character has totally fucked up what I was trying to do <laughs> because I'm like, they, it, and it hits you like a lightning bolt. You just have to be yeah. paying attention, I guess. But so many yeah. things you see and hear and they don't, they don't have any human logic to them. Exactly. So that's yeah. the other thing is that the, the, the and so what you end up then is the other trap that people fall into is they think that kind of like banter will get them through any scene. So right. as long as, long like as the techno character jargon or something. <laughs> yeah. No, well, it's it, more like kind of like the witty line or the clever exactly. line. Or the, the guy, the of, guy points out the thing that doesn't make sense and be like, yeah. oh yeah, I noticed that too. I was go. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. That, exactly By the way, that. you and Brad need to be best friends. The, oh, what, I mean, bother, what, what bothers you? <laughs> it bothers me too. But Brad, I listen yeah. every day. How's it going, Brad? But I'm just thinking about that scene in that movie we saw 20 years ago that still doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Uh, I mean, like my wife will not watch a film with me. <laughs> oh, I am, yeah. 
the, like the number of times I've sat in there and just kind of like, I mean, like the, I've got, the, I actually physically face palm when I'm watching kind of films and TV. Like, yeah. How when we're done here, when we're done here, I will send you a yeah, picture yeah. of the last time I saw a movie with Brad. He literally covered yeah. his face and put his oh, headphones I, on. <laughs> yeah. He took a nap. Yeah. There we I go. Took, so it's kind of like, yeah. So, I mean, these are all the things that I kind of care about, uh, mm -hmm. like most of the world. And I think a lot of it, I mean, you're saying, like, well, why, do I, you asked an interesting question, which is kind of like, why, why does this happen? Mm -hmm. And I think part of it is because the, the, the kind of part of the industry that like sells books and courses and all of those things yeah. and, uh, has been pushing structure, 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 yeah. structure, structure for like decades now. Yeah. I mean, and, I, and actually, I mean, the only reason I, I ended up writing my book is because I realized that all of the stuff that I care about, you can't find mm -hmm. in books. Yeah, those books and can't, I, those books, it's they have a hard time teaching how to yeah, write yeah. a good character, you know? Yeah. Uh, it, and it's hard to say, it's, it, it is like mm -hmm. a lot of times a good character is the one yeah. you, you know, you, you know it when you see it or when you feel it. So they do yeah. struggle to like they can they can beat the hell out of on plot on page twenty five as a yeah. paradigm shift between twenty five and thirty as a paradigm shift yeah. like like you can sell books doing that all the time but you that doesn't mean you're or uh, you, you've taught them to be a good screenwriter no and I, I mean I think well the first thing I mean I say to most people that I work with is that screenwriting is by far the most technically demanding form of writing that anyone can undertake. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was I was working as a professional writer for 10 years before I ever started screenwriting. And really? I was successful and made good money and I ran writing. So I worked, I, I wrote reggae commercials. Yeah. Um, I, I, I know. Reggae, reggae commercials. There was a niche uh, no, called reggae commercials? Radio. Oh, radio. I thought you said oh, reggae. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I didn't even know oh, well, that I mean, was like, niche. Do you know, actually, I would much rather have written reggae commercials. <laughs> Just all commercials, but only in the form of reggae. Oh, reggae For me, yeah. that actually is a dream gig. But <laughs> no, unfortunately, I was yeah. like selling carpets and beer oh, yeah. and all of those other kind of sort of things yeah. that people wanted to sell. Yeah. And I ran writing teams and made money and won awards and did all of those kind of things. And yeah. it's like... It, so I really, when I came into independent film, when I came into screenwriting, I really thought, you know, this was a thing that would hold no kind of barriers for me because A, mm -hmm. like I wrote for actors and I was directing actors every single day of my professional life. Mm -hmm. So you'd write things, go into the voice booth with them, direct them. So I, yeah. so I thought, well, I can write dialogue. I can write for actors. I know I can write stuff. I know I can get actors to give the performances that mm -hmm. I wanted. So I assumed that that plus my kind of experience of consuming movies Mm -hmm. would like i'd just like waltz into this kind of industry that would embrace me with open arms and say we have been waiting for you <laughs> right um yeah. and, and yeah. actually what instead what happened it just beat me senseless for about a decade yeah, yeah um yeah. whilst yeah. i kind of like learned the very hard lesson that actually screenwriting is immensely difficult and technical yeah. and you need to know lots and lots and lots of things yeah and I, but it, it's also, it's like the most amazing challenge a writer can take on. And as somebody who loves language and loves writing and loves storytelling, and, and I like to work out why things work or why oh. things don't work. So whenever, like, whenever I would have kind of a failure in the early days, I would literally sit back and pick everything apart and go, okay, where did I make a mistake in all of this? Not, I wasn't really kind of blaming, uh, well, I have blamed other people. I'll give you a list of, once we've finished broadcasting of all the people that I blame. I just blame uh, Brad. Yeah. yeah um, but 
But fundamentally, I would kind of look back and kind of take kind of inventory on where I went wrong. And then I would kind of go out and educate myself yeah. in the areas where I kind of demonstrated kind of weak. I, I mean, I don't know what this is a kind of useful story. Well, I think one of, one of my favorite stories to tell, because it, it's such a humiliating story for me to tell, yeah. As I was working with this producer and we'd, uh, we were developing this script um, and we decided what we do is we get some uh, actors in, we do a table reading mm -hmm. and away we got them in and we handed out the script and by about four lines in, I realized how bad the script was <laughs> because like I was just kind of like, so I was face planting my own script yeah, and they were yeah. around this long table and I was at the end of it and I was just like sliding down lower right. And like, it's like it I was trying to disappear under the t under the table. Why is it that hearing it out loud it becomes obvious it's, instantaneously? Uh, yeah, but I mean, writing it, you're reading it. Go, this looks this is fucking good. And then you yeah, hear yeah. people say it out loud. You're like, no, no, yeah, no, no, yeah. no, stop. Uh, I mean, <laughs> it's like you've got to read it, your own dialogue out loud. Or yeah, I mean, yeah. I use I use Final Draft, and I get like the computer to read it back to yeah. me because it's just e the easiest way to check the syntax and stuff. Brad like does the same thing. I, I'm telling you, guys. Yeah, I've yeah. been reading oh, yeah. uh, uh, scripts lately uh, that way. Uh, yeah, it's it? the Text best to way. Speech. Yeah, okay, yeah. No, so, I love text so four lines in, it was. Yeah, you and then it's it like bad. so. I had to sit through uh, because obviously they didn't get through it in an hour and a half. Like, and we had some breaks. I had to sit there for two and a half hours, just like um, dying inside. And Grinning and The producer and I was working with was sitting at the other end of the table, and he was having the same experience. But he also found it was hilarious because I'd written the script. <laughs> so it was just this horrible sort of. <laughs> no, the, yeah. Two and a half hour long humiliation. Oh my god! And, and I learned so much from that. A, like that I, you know, I learned some humility about my own work. But the other thing I learned is at the end of it, I oh. learned something about like getting um, notes from from actors when when actors. Uh, literally every actor at the end of it came up to me and told me what a great script it was and how they'd mm -hmm. really like to work on it when we made it. And I just oh. thought, that, you know, there was just such an interesting lesson there yeah. about kind of like. All right, so I don't know what to do with that information, but I've kind of hung on to it <laughs> as a kind of a, I, a I think they just want work. I think they just want no, work. No, exactly that. They just want to, exactly I'll take the job. <laughs> yeah. I, I really, I would have probably would have been better, although I probably would have given up writing had I heard. It would have really been really interesting to hear the conversation they had about me an hour later. <laughs> <laughs> Because it couldn't have been any worse than the one I had with that particular producer. Brad and I were just talking about that. I no, wonder no. what people are saying about us when we're not in the room. Yeah, yeah you don't. We don't. Like, in this industry, you don't want to know. Because I, mean, because, I, because I, I know what I know. I'm saying about other people. Yeah. <laughs> I Plus, think what they're saying is, well, Mike is a nice guy, but that's <laughs> I'm already at a disadvantage. It it is, you know, you know that story about that how all groups of friends have the the homely looking ones, so that the rest of them seem more appealing. Uh -huh. It's Brad. Oh, Brad! You know, I think he's like being entirely unfair. I mean, like, I'm just giving Brad. A, I'm just yeah, 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 yeah. I have a problem with humans. Yeah, when I walk yeah, in a room oh, next yeah, to Brad, they're like, yeah. well, yeah, Beckmeyer seems normal. Yeah. yeah. I mean, my that. my thing has always been I've never met a dog I didn't like. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's Love kind of either. like yeah. that's yeah. I've met a few um, cats. Yeah, cats that can be him. that can go either way. But, Including mine yeah. a lot of the time. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's fine now, but give him 5 minutes. Yeah. So 
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing the Godfather at chumbacasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Yeah, that's the kind of, that, that's where I'm kind of out with that. I, I mean, so, as you can see. Oh, no, no, go on. You, you, you no, 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 no. So I was going to just, I was just going to ask you, like, yeah. so we could talk, I want to talk about your book a little bit. You, yeah. You, how long is you, how when did you write this book? A few years ago, uh, a couple of years know, ago. No, actually, it's, it's it's like just over two years now, and it's kind of it's it was yeah. Keep on. No, and so I wanted you to talk about it a little bit, like your process, mm. like when you when someone gets your book, what is what are you gonna go through? You gonna talk about three act structure again? No. Right. So <laughs> I didn't think uh, so. Yeah, based um, on what we... No, there is there is a chapter on structure where I yeah. kind of go, well, look, this is something that you need to know, but it's not as big yeah. a deal as everyone makes it out to yeah. be. Everyone so, makes I mean, it out. If you follow the structure, your screenplay is going to be the next. Yeah. Raiders and that's just not start. true. Yeah, that's yeah, like, yeah. I, I mean, I, I kind of hope people carry on believing that because actually a lot of my living is based on coming in and fixing people not that knowing problem. That. <laughs> right, right, right. People <laughs> not knowing that. Um, yeah. Or at least it was anyway, until recently. But, um, but basically, because I went through this kind of learning experience for years and years and years and years and years, and years um, I eventually realized that there were things that I was doing that other screenwriters weren't doing, um, at least the ones that I was talking to. And mm -hmm. also that the thing I'd, I'd kind of figured out ways of doing things, because the thing, the other thing to know about me is that I'm essentially a very lazy person. So therefore, like, I, I don't want to, I don't want to kind of do like 14 drafts on something if I can get it done in three. Yeah. I rewriting you know I mean? is brutal. It's like, yeah. Yeah. It's, and it's I could, like I'm staring I'm, at yourself in the mirror. It's like, yeah. I don't like that. I don't like that. I don't like I, that. I think it's efficiency. Yeah. Instead yeah. of wasting time doing things that is a waste of time, it, I'd rather uh, figure out in my head how to, how I can uh, attack it from a more efficient angle. Yeah. That, that's exactly it. I mean, that's, a, that's, that's, that's pretty much the way that I kind of came at it. Um, mm -hmm. And I kind of, I, w I, knew, I knew that I was kind of like, I was meeting individual clients and saying, look, have you thought about this? Have you thought about this? And it was helping them. Mm -hmm. and I thought, okay. And again, like um, my mother's had quite a big impact on my professional career over the years. She said, you should write a book. And I said, well, yeah. I don't want to write a book because I don't have a lot of time for a lot of the screenwriting books that I've re read. Right. There was like there were things about screenwriting books which I kind of found problematic. So I mean, one of them was a like the kind of the the push on structure. The second thing was the idea. The ones that kind of sell this idea: if you do this, you will break it big. This is how to make it big in whatever. Mm -hmm. This is the yeah. thing that will launch your career. And I know that that's nonsense. 
Um, so, and I always felt that that was un, you know, that was unethical or unprofessional kind of thing. So I kind of hated that. And the other thing I hated was that every, pretty much every book that I read, people would go, well, if you break, if you reverse engineer Jaws, you get this, you know, and that this proves that this mm -hmm. is how this works. Mm -hmm. And what, what, what you never got was people going, this is how I do this. And if, when I do this, this is what it looks like. Mm -hmm. You know, they didn't never provided examples of their own kind of using the things that they were suggesting. So I kind of set down these basic guidelines. If I was going to write a book, I, there was a couple of things I was going to do. A, I was only going to share tools and experiences that um, that I used. Yeah. Um, secondly, um, if I said, look, try this technique, I would immediately follow up by showing you what that technique looked like on a first draft. Okay. So, like, if I said, look, use this idea for playing with, I use this technique for playing with ideas, I would then generate kind of like 10 ideas based on that. And then the reader could see honestly what that looked like okay. as it's being used, rather than kind of coming from this multi million dollar kind of hyper, you know, project, which I didn't work on. Do you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. 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 Um, and what was the final thing? I can't remember what the final thing was. Oh, I wouldn't make any promises other than the fact that this is what I did and try it. It either works for yeah. you or it doesn't. You know, that yeah. was the kind of extent of what I did. Um, and so I just did that. I just I just um, wrote down everything that I kind of learned and thought about over the years. Um, for me, what I figured out is that the is that development really kind of goes in seven different stages and you can attack any one of the seven stages. So the first one is the raw idea. Mm -hmm. Second one is theme, which everyone gets wrong and kind of makes far too complicated. Theme. Theme, theme so yeah, theme, like yeah, okay. theme, thematic approaching. Yeah, like okay. people talk about it as though it's this kind of like poncy esoteric thing for art films, mm -hmm. when in fact it's like a really simple thing about what is the emotional heart of the story, what's it right. really about, what's the human experience that it's exploring. Mm -hmm. So I kind of the, the way that I kind of deal with theme is I basically kind of ask people to go, look, tell me if you think about it in terms of the emotional and personal cost of whatever the universal human experience is. So it could be the emotional, personal cost of jealousy or the emotional, personal cost of ambition. And it's mm -hmm. just a way of grounding the, the character's experience in the plot. Yeah. Uh, and then the next level is a thing called a compass log line. And that's just a simple way of asking people, right, who's your protagonist? Where specifically is this set? Because so many people get that wrong. You get these generic locations rather than specific locations. Mm -hmm. When is it set and what's the primary challenge that they're going to have to overcome? What would, you, what would you say is an example of a generic location versus a, versus well, okay, a like specific? So you know, when you pick, up a, you pick up a script and the first, um, the first like slug line is exterior bridge night. Yes. And like, and you can allow, and, and I'm sitting there, I'm kind of going, right, okay, so is this a wooden bridge over a creek in Colorado? Right. Or right. is it the bridge's size in Venice? Well, it depends or on is the, it like the, the Sydney Harbour Bridge? <laughs> right. Do you know right. what I mean? It's like, and it, that, that kind of context really matters, yeah. you know. So are you talking about for the reader painting the picture in the reader's mind as they yeah. read through the script? So, yeah, it's actually specific. like, it's this thing about like the fictional world, like what is yeah. the fictional world yeah. that the story yeah. inhabits? And that's important both cinematically and also in terms of what the reader understands the significance mm -hmm. of it. So, I mean, it, like... It yeah. is very hard because the more specific you get, the yeah. less likely you are to have a brief, uh, like, brevity 
is the soul of wit in a screenplay. Yeah. They don't, they, they, people don't want to see a lot of words because they're lazy readers and yeah. uh, it's not a novel. So the, like yeah. it, I've struggled with that a lot. In fact, yeah. being too specific in my script reads, reads wordy and it could probably mm -hmm. be 10 or 15 pages shorter if I just go in and cut that shit out. Yeah. Um, so what you're saying is it is a, it's a fine line. It's a balance. It, yeah. It's a really difficult balance as well. So yeah. for me, the, the key for me is like, um, specific relevant detail yeah so like there's like there's some stuff that i that we don't need the reader doesn't need to know right but what they need to know is anything that's significant to the story so i mean if it, what city the story is set in that's relevant yeah. yeah because it makes a difference whether it's set in the backwoods of mm -hmm. colorado or whether it's set in new york or whether it's set in budapest right yeah right, right. those things really matter and yeah. not just from a shooting point of view, but also from a point of, of understanding the culture yeah. or the or the or actually what you read into the story from those settings, because everything those things have meaning. Yeah. So, yeah, it's about like keeping it concise. It's the same with when characters are introduced is like I what I'm looking for um, is a description which tells me what I would work out from the first impression of looking at this character. Mm -hmm. So I don't want to know that they're kind of muscular or attractive or whatever the hell it, the, the standard kind of like intro is. Or specifically, I don't want to know their hair color. What I want to know is if mm -hmm. I saw that person in the street, what would I assume by looking at them? Right. You know, it's that that first piece of information that the audience gets so that mm -hmm. the reader and the actor who's reading the part knows the kind of person that they're portraying. Because the way that we present ourselves, the way that we appear in the world is a, is a way of communicating with the world. Does that does that make sense? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and with characters, that's specifically true. So for me, it's about those kind of details, about yeah. like stuff that kind of tells the reader what they, the information that they need to yeah. kind of make sense of the, of the story. Um, so that's the next level. And then the next level, well, that kind of ties together because the next level is the fictional world, which is the mm -hmm. stuff we were just talking about, right, where it's okay. about what to look like, what are the cultural values, all of those kind of things. Then character development and then plotting and then the actual writing itself. Yeah. And for me, it's about making sure that everything works at all of those different levels. Do you, do you suggest going through scene by scene and doing that? Or do you want to, when you're in your outline, what does your outline look like? Does your outline go through all those phases per scene? Right. So uh, the thing is, I use multiple different techniques. Yeah. So, I mean, let's, uh, rather than going through the whole thing, right? Let's just say that we start. So the thing that I use for spirit, uh, character development is a thing called the spreadsheet method. Okay. So basically, I've got a list of things that I think I need to know about characters in order for them to function dramatically. Yeah. And um, the most important ones are, the, are those are like, uh, what are those character strengths? How do they solve problems? Yeah. What are their weaknesses and vulnerabilities? So in other words, how are they going to kind of like come unraveled by what mm -hmm. happens to them? What are they going to find challenging? Mm -hmm. What do they want? What's their motivation? Yeah. And then finally, what is their backstory? What happened to them in the past that turned them into the person they are now? Mm -hmm. Now, actually, I've got about like 12 different things that I use, yeah. categories that I use. But let's just say that we were using just those five because they're the basics. What I would do is I create a spreadsheet where I've got my protagonist and my antagonist and, da -da, and like all the, the primary characters. So let's say there's five primary characters. And I fill out that information for each of those characters in the spreadsheet. And then underneath that, on the same spreadsheet, I put down, I would put on the left-hand column, I'd put out 
whatever structural approach I was going to use. Mm -hmm. And then I would go through the character arcs of each of those characters. So what right. does this each of those characters do? Not just the protagonist's arc, but what do all of these other characters do? And I would just make sure that everything matches up. And I do that, and then I write a treatment, sort mm -hmm. of a, like a prose form treatment, um, which will run to about 40, 50 pages. Oh, shit. And okay, the reason yeah. I do that is because when I'm working with a producer, it means we can fix story problems without working on the script. Right, right. Yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I can write a 40-page treatment in about four or five days. Yeah. So what that means is we can go through four or five rounds of rewriting the treatment in the time it would take to do one draft. Yeah. So then myself and the producer and the director sign off on the treatment and go, this is the, this is the way that we're going to tell this story. So when I come yeah. to write the actual script, the first draft of the script, I'm literally, um, all I'm doing is figuring out how to make the scenes work cinematically because I know exactly what the story is. I know who the characters are and how they'll react. And I also know enough about the fictional world to be able to describe it. So I'm not having to make stuff up as I write. Yeah, and you've technically lived with it and breathed it. And like you've got you've gone through yeah. many, many writing uh, pro the process of writing it out. Like yeah. you, you know it by heart. That's sort of inside of you at that point. Yeah, which is the point of all that work. Yeah. So yeah, the, yeah. What, what I'm not doing is I'm not sitting in front of a blank page trying to figure out what to write next. It is like the process of an actor going through and like perfecting, their, not perfecting, but memorizing their lines. Mm. It's like getting off book. It's exactly that. And actually yeah. the whole start of this journey, because I had about a four year period after I left advertising where I was teaching acting for film at a uh -huh. drama college. Okay. And I literally, I kind of realized, I had this kind of uh, aha moment where I was reading Stanislavski's An Actor Prepares. Yeah. And I thought, oh, this is how actors work. Yeah. Oh, maybe I should be writing in a way that makes sense for them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, maybe, I should, maybe I should give them the things that they're looking for. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. and it, so it like kind of started from that kind of like, okay, if I was an actor, what would I need? If I was a director, what would I need? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's and, great um, because, because you, can't, you can't have a film without your actors. I mean, you need, and, and to just have the epiphany that, Maybe I should write this in a way that my actors can understand yeah, yeah, yeah. what's happening and what, what their motivations are. Yeah. Instead of a director yelling at them, make a face! <laughs> You're making the wrong face! More energy! Oh. What does that mean? Exactly. So, so about... about um... About three years ago, I was in a meeting with a producer who yeah. had previously uh, done quite a lot of work as a film actor. Mm -hmm. And we were talking about this kind of this way of approaching stuff. I was kind of showing how to use it analytically, how to analyze the script using the same tools. Um, and he said, oh, this is incredible because this is kind of the way that I work as an actor. And he said something which like really kind of um, stuck with me because he's worked on loads and loads of actually quite well-known films. And he said you would not believe the number of times that I've had to walk in to a role on a film and actually figure out and make up what the film was about. Where the actual, the <laughs> yeah. cast is like hiding in trailers at the background going, oh, why is this character doing this? What's this? They've yeah. had to kind of literally go and make that stuff up away from the rest of the creative process I in order to like I... make sense of what they're being asked to do. 
when we and it's when, like and it's way more common than 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 people kind of oh, yeah. on. when you go to a movie and you can see it these people are yeah. these people are just doing that because it's like the pot thing and then this happens and then this happens and this happens and they just don't worry about Mm-hmm. how the human beings involved are going to have to process it yeah. or even pr- try to try to convey it to, to people. Um, it's, uh, it's infuriating actually to watch. But the yeah. other thing about this is kind of like, there's a really pragmatic reason why I kind of started writing this way is because mm-hmm. if you, if you make independent films, right, you've never got enough money. Right. Like that's always going to be the issue. I mean, particularly like in the UK, that's genuinely problematic, like getting oh, yeah. enough money to make the film. Yeah. So, you know, you you kind of you're always going to struggle with that. And what I discovered is that a good script with good roles would attach a higher like would uh, attach talent you couldn't afford mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. they would come out and do it because you're actually giving them something that was going to be worth with kind of like the putting roles. the effort in, yeah. especially if they were doing a lot of kind of stuff where they were turning up and just, you know, ph- not phoning it in, but where they yeah. didn't feel that they were kind of engaged as professionals in it. Yeah. <laughs> so if you write a great role, it allows you to bring in kind of... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Excuse me. No, no, no. Yeah. It's just the current, yeah. The current disappointment, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like but one of those ways of kind publicly. of like winning. Yeah, yeah, that's what if Bruce I mean, Willis like, is listening? It's just between you and me. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, uh, okay. So that's, uh, it's like the, uh, yeah, it's like very, th- it's thorough is what it is. And before you even type fade in yeah. on a screenplay, yeah. you've done the work is what actors would call it. I did the work. You did the work. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. What, it, what it allows you to do is it, it, allow, one of the, it allows you to do the development work rapidly. Mm-hmm. But it also decreases the number of drafts that you need to do to get to the finish line. Right, right. And for me, that's what it's all about. And that's actually what producers want as well. I mean, again, uh, I mean, as a consultant, the thing I come across more quite often, when I get that call, it's because they've been through 14 drafts already. Yeah, five writers. And they're not getting anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not because the writer's a bad writer. It's like genuinely not the case. And it's not because they're not listening and not taking notes. Yeah. It's just that they're stuck and they can't get to where they need to get to. Like and the, sometimes... Are you like yeah, the script whisperer? Are you like the script whisperer? Um, you walk in, you're like, to the screenwriter. Do you know what I'm talking about when I say dog whisperer? <laughs> like the dog yeah, yeah, whisperer? no, I know exactly what yeah. you mean. Yeah, He's like, it is kind of, take them yeah, on a I, walk. <laughs> Make sure they get their exercise. <laughs> I do have that kind of reputation, but particularly <laughs> with kind of like, I've got a small group of producers who, who swear by what I do, but right. it's because I've basically gone in and done that for them again. And get, so yeah, for instance, yeah. the new company that we're setting up, Script Compass, uh, we, in, we inherited a project um, that we, they'd worked on for a while before I kind of joined them. And um, in the last couple of months, we kind of like ran it through a couple of drafts and really kind of honed in on what the issues were and got it sorted out. And that, that that's now a finalist in the Holly Shorts oh, okay. um, script competition. And I think it's doing well. And it's kind of like it's uh, progressed in another competition as well. Mm-hmm. And it's got funding for part of its production budget. And it's kind of like if you it this stuff does actually work, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, apply if you it's and literally all I'm doing is kind of like going based on my experience, if you do it this way, like it'll be less embarrassing for your career than if you do it this way that I'm suggesting, <laughs> you know? Yeah. 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 Um, you know, Cause like, yeah. 
No, I, I was just thinking about the. Uh, I was just thinking about. I listen. Do you ever listen to the Q and A podcast with Jeff Goldsmith? No, yeah. no, but I love. I love. So he's. Oh, oh, uh, I might be thinking about someone else actually. So you know the, I, would, I was thinking about Jeff Goldblum. Who Jeff Goldblum? Yeah, yeah. Who that's, everybody that's somebody loves. completely different. No, so yeah. no, no, I Jeff, haven't. But I will add it Jeff, to my list. Jeff Goldsmith is a. He he's got a publication called uh, Backstory. And oh, okay. His podcast is like he goes around and interviews people who who wrote and directed and starred in the the movies that are out right now, like the mm -hmm. you know the the big the big things that we've all seen that we're all seeing. Mm -hmm. And um, he had on many years ago, and he always asked them what's he every now and then he'll ask him what's the worst exec studio executive note you ever got, mm -hmm. and he was talking to the to the guys who made that film Fanboys if you remember Fanboys from way way back vaguely yeah. It was a movie about these guys that decide they're going to uh, the one. One of the guys is dying of cancer and they're going to the, the the one last shot. We're going to go to Skywalker Ranch and get onto the ranch. Yeah, and, yeah, and, and yeah, yeah. So, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. No, that so he put all that. They put all the work into the script. And, you know, it, and, and Fanboys is a solid movie. It's a solid little indie film. Mm. Uh, nice little buddy bonding road trip movie. And one of the studio executives says, uh, does he have to have cancer? <laughs> and and you're like and you're like that sets off the whole fucking movie. What do you want to have stub his toe at the beginning? Uh, like yeah, like really bad want, dandruff yeah. maybe. What, that's and the, that's the whole point of them going on the trip. That, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they just remove the can't they just decide to go on the trip? But like there's no like human like gotta do it now thing. There's no like yeah, why yeah. now? There's no why now to that other that's version. That's the, of the story. whole ticking clock thing. <laughs> so you go through all this work mm -hmm. that you like uh, thorough like i'm yeah, I, yeah. you know all this stuff that you're talking about doing and then yeah. somebody says something ludicrous to you like that what do yeah. you what is your response yeah. right so <laughs> i'm in sure general, that, right okay so in general that doesn't happen and okay. the reason it doesn't happen is because because i tend to work with producers rather than with um executives. some with with actors and with, yeah. or with executives i've yeah, not had yeah, to yeah. deal with that kind of level of stupid mm -hmm. Um, it's like, um, my, the first thing that I do with producers, I sit down and go, look, what is the business plan for this film? Yeah. Right. What is it that you're trying to achieve? Because I think sometimes of where, like where scripts get caught up in development hell is because the producer knows that they've got to do these things over here to raise finance and get distribution. Right. And the writer is on this kind of artistic journey and kind of a bit blind to all of this stuff here. Mm -hmm. So I need to know the whole picture about what it is. So, I mean, if the producer's going like, we really need to knock half a million pounds off this budget, or yeah. we really need to attach this particular actor into this role in order to get the money that we need to do this, right. or this has got to be shot in Malta because of the tax breaks. I mean, whatever it is mm -hmm. that the producer's going like, this is what I des desperately need. So I sit down and I listen to that first, because quite often those notes are coming from a, from a kind of, a thought process that really should have happened a lot earlier in the development. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I yes. mean? Yeah, it's not Somebody should have sat down with that kind of, with that uh, executive and gone, look, are you seeing this as some kind of like family kind of that I feel good movie? Yeah. You know, da, 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 da. that's kind of something that should have happened right at the beginning of the process, not at yeah. the point where you're just about to make it. Yeah. And like, hey, I got an idea. Can we put this in the movie? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that as well. But um 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It never really gets to that point because you, because you end up I having kind a conversation. Like, I've worked what the producer's expectations are. Right. So I, I always need to know what the most powerful person in the room, and that's generally the person who's paying the bill, what, what it is, why they're doing what they're doing and what mm -hmm. they need from it. So that way I can, so the development just isn't this kind of giving script notes. It's really about, on one level, it's mm -hmm. creating the artistic outcome, but on the other thing, it's about creating a product. Yeah. And it's yeah, about yeah. like understanding both halves and making sure that they work together. So that kind of, I don't come up against those kind of notes at the moment because generally all of that stuff's been dealt with earlier right. in, the, in, the, in the process. So we don't get those kind of surprises. Now, occasionally you do. Occasionally someone will throw a kind of thing. And I mean, generally in, in those kind of things, I have to kind of walk out and hold my tongue <laughs> because I have to think how I'm going to say what I need to say yeah, yeah. So, yeah, as opposed to, to saying that. what I'm thinking, you know. Um, oh, yeah. I'm going to put a pin in that. I'll get back to you. That's on. Yeah, why yeah. I, I'm quiet most of the time because yeah. everything that wants to come out is yeah, yeah. not helpful. Yeah. Yeah. I, I carry this little notebook with me and a phantom pen everywhere I go. And um, I'll literally kind of write what I need to say in the thing and then like close it up so it can't be read. And then I'll say, oh, email yeah. you about that. <laughs> yes. Um, or I I'll kind of call too. you in a yeah. couple of hours when I've had a chance to talk that through with the yes. rest of the yeah. team. Or, or maybe I can figure out a way to say this nicely or gently yeah. or something. Or but, I mean, a, lot of, a lot of times Brad just lets me do it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You I'll tell, tell you what the problems yeah, yeah. are, and then, and then you yeah. talk to them. Thanks guy. for making yeah. that my problem. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, a lot of the time, I can persuade somebody not to do something stupid. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, how? <laughs> did, did, you, I didn't think that was possible. Well, well I, it's a, a lot of the time, it's just kind not of going... Not in America. Uh, <laughs> I had... Uh, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. I, he knows. He knows. <laughs> they have CNN. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I am aware that go on an interesting trajectory. Yeah, Although, an mean, interesting like, trajectory in the, is a way to In the UK, we've, we've had an interesting trajectory as yeah, well. Yeah, you have. So, you yes. Know, you've we're, had a weird we're not, you know, we can't like, we're not standing over here on a box covered in glory at the moment. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But so, yeah, so, no, you're saying. We were, uh, so, okay, so why, do you ever just say to them, why didn't you just have this idea and have me write it instead of having me come in and fix the thing you know it's like i, I do have you miss writing the, more than you do you miss well the thing is i still do write okay. so i mean so the, the 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 new company that we've set up which is kind of basic for me uh, development consultancy has always been a way of kind of like paying the bills yeah it puts food on the table and that has always allowed me kind of like the opportunity to kind of like to uh, develop projects on the side. Okay. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. The, th I mean, the story of my last decade is like every year is identical and every year is different. 
So every year at the beginning of the year, I say like, this is the year that I am going to make like the perfect micro budget movie. Right. Yeah. Right. And I, I mean, I've got, I like, and I've, I've, I've kind of got it. I know. I mean, I, so I've got like one at the moment, which I just need to sit down and write. It's got two actors, one location. Yes. It kind of like it works. I know exactly how it works. I know who mm. to put in the cast. I know who to direct it. I know who's going to shoot it. I know all of this thing. I just need to sit down and write it. And then every single year, like some producer will come up to me and say, why don't you come over here and help us do this like yeah, much bigger yeah. thing? Yeah, we'll pay so I you. end up yeah. putting a year <laughs> yeah. into that much bigger kind of project. Yeah. And then at the end of that year, when that all kind of caves in, um, I kind of like I'm going to write. This is the year I'm going to do the kind of the independent right. sort of yeah. um, the, the one that I can control myself, because I mean, I absolutely love that kind of filmmaking. That's the kind of filmmaking that I get really excited about. Yeah, and especially as a writer, because it's for me like micro budget independent is the most difficult form of screenwriting so you can take on because yeah. you it all leans on the script. Yeah, and there you have isn't to be you economical can't have, and also yeah. and also brilliant at the same time. And also, you need to understand every aspect of filmmaking yeah. so that you're not kind of setting yourself up for something that can't be done for whatever you need to kind of uh, raise to kind of do it. And I mean, we've figured out. Um, the, the, the one that I really want to do um, that I was supposed to do last year, yeah. uh, I needed about kind of 60,000 to do it. And if I yeah. had 60,000, I could like knock it out of the park and have like yeah. a really good lead actor and a great DP. Nice. Um, you know, and it would be, you know, it would come out the way that I wanted it to come out. Right. But again, like other you things started come a company in. instead. That will suck you even yeah, more of your time know, away from. I got, it. I got, I got lured into another project. But actually, yeah. it's a project I really care about because yeah. I really do care about development. Yeah, and it's and it's um, and literally, I mean, that was because of the book. Like the guy mm -hmm. who I'm working with read my book, and then he ended up on one of the courses I was teaching, and he said, oh, "I've okay. read your book. Will you come and do some consultancy work yeah. for me?" And Great. then he said, "Look, we're starting this new company. Will you come in and do this with us?" And yeah. Oh, oh, so they brought you in. They brought you in. Yeah, they brought me in. Yeah. Oh, I was, okay. Okay. That's yeah. cool. And it was like, and it was like, and that's always really nice. And yeah. it's, and I think, but it's like with everything in the last kind of few years, it's like I have to kind of, you prove yourself one client at a time, you know, mm -hmm. because um, one of the things is that I think about my career, and I'm actually quite like that this is the case, is that. People think of, when the people think about breaking into the industry, they always think about like breaking into like the top, yeah, Academy 2%. Awards, yeah, yeah. They want to write the big movies and the big yeah. TV series and all of these other kind of things. And I and I've sat there for the last you know fifteen years living on kind of like what I would call the margins of the industry, that kind of gray yeah. area yeah, yeah, where yeah, people yeah. are kind of making a living and they're kind of doing these things and they're working yeah. on this project and there's a little bit of money there and like sometimes it turns up like in an envelope. Yeah, and, what it you know, really what it's really like. Yeah. What yeah. Really well like, you like know when you kind of people. Yeah, exactly. And it's kind yeah. of and I and I always think, oh, all people are aiming for that like what top one, two percent. They are mm. missing out on some of the great life experiences because there's nothing more thrilling than turning up to a bar car park at two o'clock in the morning and some crazy shit goes down just to get one shot yeah or or to pick up an envelope full of cash to write oh, right, 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 right. That, too. that too you know it's kind of like those kind of those kind of experiences i, yeah. I just think are just uh defining and yeah. i just love that kind of that kind of that part of the industry 
that works like that, where it's sort of kind of chaotic. Um, I, I don't know if this if this can be answered, uh, but uh, I I have since I was a kid watching mm. movies and seeing how they did things wrong and and like broke their own rules or like having the characters do things that uh they shouldn't have done or you know it goes against who they are you know mm -hmm. for the sake of what like as a kid just growing up uh and the whole reason i got into wanting to make movies and you know where are we at are at now is because of this obsession in my head of like i want to be in the position that you're sort of in i, I it's yeah. always been my dream of uh being known enough in Hollywood that like, can you, you know, just run that by me before you shoot that out? Because mm. I can, I can, you know, get you where you want to go. Just let mm. me, let me fix a, just a couple lines of dialogue and I can fix this whole mm. mess yeah. you have here that's mm. ruining it for me. Yeah. Um. So I don't know if you can answer this, but like, is there a way? Why? Like, how do I? Why? <laughs> how can someone... We, 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 the good writers, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we I, need to get, I don't know. I've been listening to him for an hour. I'm convinced I'm not that good of a writer yet. <laughs> yeah. I, I love you. Um, uh, how can we like build up a force and get more of us out there to do what you're doing so that I don't have to sit through Malignance. terrible movies all the time where I'm considering never going to a movie theater ever again. Yeah. I, you know, actually, I mean, I do have an answer to that, but it's okay. kind of like it's not, it's, it's not an easy answer. I know. Uh, the, 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 the conclusion that I've come to is that the industry only learns when you do things that they don't know how to do. Mm -hmm. So for me, at the moment, my big kind of thing is to help people make great films mm -hmm. in the sense that they then go well okay well how did that film come about and then the answer to that is well we did it this way mm -hmm. and it's like and that's how we're, so in a sense i mean it's kind of a bit like my career has, has definitely been like word of mouth like i'll work with somebody and then they'll be on another project and mm -hmm. uh, that project will kind of run into problems and they'll go you should really speak to clive and then they bring me in and then i have to kind of mm -hmm. persuade them that I know what I'm talking about yeah. and that I can really, and then I show them how I can help them. Yeah. And so, every, so I'm having to prove myself in every single sort of um, uh, kind of instance. And with the new company, it's exactly the same thing. I spent six months proving that I knew how to kind of um, fix projects. Hmm. And then they said, well, look, we should really be doing it for other people. The and then start. they, <laughs> yeah, so they, yeah. they then introduced me to other people. You know, so it's that kind of like that word of mouth thing. That leads me to another question of yeah. how do you prove how do you prove that what you just said without um, well also okay because like you could say here's what what you could do to fix this one thing they could just yeah. take your ideas and then put them in the movie and not have anything to do with you so how do you prove uh, it without stealing ideas contracts well like yeah I mean like so well okay so um. The first thing is I'm, I generally try not to provide ideas because I, again, so I think like, you know, we, we were talking about like, what did I think was wrong with like, um, kind of like the notes thing. I said like one of, one of the areas which is like based on, basing it on structure. 
But the other one is people basing it on their opinions, because I don't think people's opinions are really that important when it comes to mm -hmm. kind of, I don't think that's where notes benefit. Mm -hmm. So the thing that I do is I try to, uh, the way that I give notes is I, I put myself as a proxy, as an advocate for the audience. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I'll read the opening thing and whatever questions occur to me or whether whatever I can't follow because of the way that it's written, I'll, I'll write down a question. So, so you know, that kind of uh, exterior kind of bridge night, first slug line. And mm -hmm. I go, what country are we in? Why are we here? Da, da, da. And then, yeah. like, we'll get a couple of lines in and I'll go, like, I still don't know where we are. Um, and then I'll kind of go, okay, <laughs> so, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, like, you've introduced this character. Why have you, you know, what, what, why have you described them that way? Why are they here? You know, so I'm just mm -hmm. answering that. Sometimes the script will give you the answers, but a lot of a lot of the times it doesn't. So I'm just mm -hmm. kind of like showing them the difference between a lot of the time it's the difference between what they had in their minds, the story they had in their minds, mm -hmm. and what made it onto the paper. Right, right, right. There's this gap, and the thing is, even when I write scripts, I'll go back and read my scripts, and I can see the gap between what I knew and what mm -hmm. the reader can work out. Mm -hmm. So a lot of my job is actually asking questions rather than giving solutions, mm -hmm. and a lot of it is kind of like I'll actually kind of go through. Look, this is what what your story is. Is this what you meant it to be? Mm -hmm. You know, this happens and this happens and this happens, and then nothing happens for twenty pages, and then this happens. <laughs> Did you really like want to do yeah. that? Because literally, like this huge acreage of yawning fuck all happens. For, excuse my language. For, <laughs> no, no, for, no, it's okay. <laughs> for um, I should have checked. I, no, no, um, no. You're totally, you're totally safe. Okay, I love okay. that phrase, yawning fuck all. I am yeah. going to like. We knew we were going to get some like English zingers from you. Yeah. Like some some sayings that we don't have over here. Yawning, fuck all. I like that yeah, one. Yeah, I mean, yeah. This just kind of yawning, kind of void of nothing happening. <laughs> right. And it, and it's kind of and the other thing is I kind of go. I'll also list down what I learn about each character. So like I'll kind of go. Oh well, I think this character is this kind of person based on what you've done here. And then I, like five pages later, I've gone like I have learned nothing new about Brad in five pages. You know. <laughs> yes, that's and accurate. It's, so, so it's kind of like going, okay, so what I'm checking off is like, what actually happens, you know, um, where I'm struggling to follow what, 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 you know, where, where I've got questions that are yeah. unanswered. So, where I'm so, struggling like to, they get, so they get to a point to where they, they can't answer all these questions and then yeah. they're like, okay, will you help? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, generally, when the great thing about writers is if you ask them the right questions, they'll go away and solve them because that's why they're writers, yeah. because yeah, they'll yeah. kind of go, oh, yeah, that's right. I, that doesn't explain that or that doesn't set that up. You know, critique, uh, the, you're, you're so right. I'm sorry. I interrupted. No, you no, again. no, no. That's OK. I mean, the, the only thing I will add on is my final note on most scripts is like the line. This is where I lost the will to live. <laughs> And it's like, it's how far through the script that comment kind of. That's usually like, five minutes in for me. That's what working with Brad is like. <laughs> did I make it five minutes today or did I make it two hours? It's just like, yeah, yeah, I yeah. lost the will to live around 1.30. <laughs> so, you know, critique works that way yeah. in general, in general. Yeah, like I, so. I, I, I teach high school TV production. Mm -hmm. So cool. I see a lot of shit every day yeah and and i'm constantly and i've i've found over time of just having to give people critique and feedback every day is that yeah. like telling them what's wrong with it only really only makes them resist most yeah, of the yeah. time tell asking them 
why did you do that yeah. triggers their like, well, why did I do that? And most of the time when it's bad, it's something like, oh, you know, I, I well, I, sh I made this yesterday because it was due today, you know, stuff like that, like has no no reason to it. It's just like, well, we just had yeah. to shit something out or I, um, I don't know. Like a lot of times they'll just say, I don't know. I just thought it was funny. You know, it's like, yeah, but it's yeah. making me. You see how it doesn't make any sense? You know, I, I had a four year period in my life where I was teaching um, video production to six, for 16 to 18 year olds. Is that about the yeah. same as you? Yeah, I got from so it's like the to about 14 to 18 year olds. Yeah. All yeah. oh, right. Yeah. Well, with me, it was like uh, it was like 16 to well, I was some of there were some mature students as well. Yeah. Some of them were doing kind of pre-graduate or like uh, the first two years of a degree. Um, and I, that was a really great experience for me mm -hmm. because it kind of what, what I learned from that is a lot of what you were talking about. One of the things that we used to do with that is um, we would kind of like do like a, we did a lot of peer review and the peer review system was that they had to either had to find something good to say about whatever it was that had been made to start off with. Mm -hmm. And then they had to pick out like something that they would have done differently or something that they would have approached differently if mm -hmm. they'd taken that project. <laughs> so what so what the each student got was kind of like a, a like lots of positive feedback, you know, mm -hmm. where I mean, I'm, with some of the projects like the students really struggled, you know. Mm -hmm. You know, you remember to turn the camera on. Um, but but a lot of the time it was really kind of, you know, it was um, it was kind of like, oh, I can see what you were trying to do here. And that's like a really interesting thing. Yeah. If I'd done this, I probably would have done this or this. Yeah. yeah. And, it, and it, it just that kind of idea of kind of getting people. But for me with that, it was like getting them to make loads of stuff. Yeah. As opposed to yeah. kind of like one thing and like, like, like get them like making stuff every week. Because that's it was that we... kind of that. That was that attrition, yeah. Of, when yeah, Brad and I went to school, that was our thing. Like, was, we mm. met, we met in basically video broadcast school, yeah. and mm. that was our thing: make something and do it again tomorrow, like over yeah, and over exactly. and over again. Because you're going to make shit. You're just gonna do yeah. it, and like the longer you do it, the less likely you are to make something that yeah. completely sucks five years into it, six years into whatever. But at the beginning, just get all the shit out of the way, like get all the shit yeah. where, you know, you now now you know better. And I've noticed that just by doing something, just by doing something, mm -hmm. you're better next time, whether you learned you, you just like you're the process is streamlined somehow mm -hmm. or, you know, it's just from doing that thing from making this film. If you set out to make that film again the next yeah. time around, it would be a completely different better film because yeah. you already did the shitty version now you yeah. know now you exactly know yeah and, and the thing for me is i, I mean okay, there's been a thing on twitter recently oh, i always hate bringing up things that are on twitter i really try to keep out of the you know like the twitter kind of like um like whatever the new flame war is about kind of something that really doesn't matter at all yeah but one of the time. ones that came up recently where i've kind of like avoided getting into it but i'm gonna like just shoot myself in the foot by getting into it right here is um there's there was a you, you quite often see kind of people giving screenwriters the advice you should go out and make the film yourself mm -hmm. and i'm a great advocate for uh screenwriters being involved in independent film mm -hmm. but i think when people give out that advice sometimes i think it's kind of like people don't really understand what's being said because mm -hmm. like what what when I say that to a screenwriter, I'm not saying go out and shoot something on your iPhone. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, and I'm also not saying go out and learn how to be a DOP, learn how to edit, learn how to da 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 da. What I'm actually saying is go out and find film filmmakers locally and make something. But I don't mean go out and try and make that kind of spec script that you wrote, which needs a budget of, you know, 15 million. Yeah, right. You know, right, right. like write something that's, I mean, like I'm somebody who, um, who's like, who had a phase where I would, I wouldn't, uh, me and a couple of mates, we'd knock out a short film with like a skateboard and three glove puppets in two days. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And we did that yeah. for the pleasure of doing that. Yeah, I mean, like we fun. literally wrote the script in, in like 17 kind of quick sketches on the back of a piece of A4. There was no kind of do that, like do that, light it, act it, cut it, like do the foley, kind of stick it out into the kind of thing. And it was like we did, we, we had like a long time where we really kind of did that. Now, I believe that the main reason screenwriters should do things like that is because after you do that for a few years, um, all of a sudden, you know um, how to set up a camera, you know how to frame a shot, you know what lighting, what, what the constraints of lighting are in different mm -hmm. situations. Um, you end up learning how to cut so that you understand the language of cinema. Mm -hmm. um, you understand what things cost or how, how much time it takes to get X and Y done. You uh, get to see what dialogue works and what doesn't, what action mm -hmm. works and what doesn't. Mm -hmm. What you can, you know, all of these things that you work yeah. out, yeah. and all of those things inform the way that you write. Yeah. So the way that I know the way that I write is completely different from somebody who's never been on set. Yeah, yeah, and actually, and that, that that reminds me of what you said about the uh, the bridge before, because mm. if you wrote something and then you show up and you realize, oh, this, uh, look at all this. There's a lake and everything, and this sets the mm. whole mood. And it just says bridge in my script. So it gives you that, uh, mm. you know, that uh, that realization of, oh, I could have described this. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, think it's also a... that. Sorry, go, go ahead. Go, no, 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 no. You, 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 you sound, sound like you were going to say something really interesting. And I, I, I well, I was going to ask you a question. Always. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, <laughs> I'm always brilliant. Thank you. No, um, did I was going to ask you if you had like a favorite screenplay? Like, have you like what is one of your uh, what's some of your favorite okay. screenplays that uh, if, are a great example of what you're talking about? All right. So, um, so my favorite screenplay is such a blatant example of all the rules being broken. Uh -huh. um, it's um, it's with Nail and I, um, the screenplay by, oh, I've got it in front of me. Do you know when you like your brain goes like completely yeah. blank? Oh, I've yeah. forgotten who yeah. wrote it. That's Fred, me. Yeah, all the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like literally, well, it's basically it's the screenplay for with Nail and I, and it's published in book form. Uh-huh. And um, the guy who wrote it, whose name escapes me for the moment, like he's only like one of my favorite screenwriters. Yeah. But the guy who wrote that, um, the script itself uh, is literally full of jokes that can't make it onto the screen and um, full of kind of literary kind of pretensions. And it's like it's the most readable script I've ever kind of like read because it's endlessly entertaining although a lot of it isn't shootable. But actually, the film itself is astonishing. It's an astonishing movie. I've in the never sense even that it, heard of it. I'm looking oh, at it. Bruce I mean, Robinson. honestly, it, yeah, Bruce, that's him. Bruce, Bruce Robinson, who yeah. I absolutely adore as a writer. Yeah, and he, okay. like, so it was, uh, it's the film that made Richard E. Grant famous. Okay, okay. Um, 
basically richard e grant often says that like that all the work that he's got is because of this uh, this like movie that he did in the yeah. early in the 80s, 80s early called 89s. with nail and i and it's like it's basically the story it's based on his experiences of being an actor training at central in london and it, he, sh he shared a flat with um with uh, another actor and they're both raging alcoholics yeah and it's just the horrific mess that they get themselves into <laughs> by trying to go on holiday to the countryside and it's it's uh, it's astonishing it's an astonishing piece of filmmaking and i absolutely do it for me that and it was okay. one of the first scripts i ever read but for me bruce robinson's with nail and i okay. is like is right up there anything in terms else like any any film in the last five years that like <laughs> it's hard. <laughs> uh, last five years. Do you know what? I see what it is. I'm. It's not, it's not, it doesn't have to be last. Five no, years. no, it's, it's just, okay. Yeah. Right. Um, in terms of films that I've enjoyed and just thought that is a film that kind of really works for what it is. Yeah. Yeah. I would say the first Guardians of the Galaxy movie. Mm, okay. Um, I okay. thought James Gunn did something remarkable with that film because mm -hmm. what he did is he, he got he got the he got the balance just right, A, for comic book nerds like myself, oh, okay. but also okay. in terms of actually telling like this kind of quite credible human kind of mm -hmm. story, mm -hmm. where, again, all the characters work, even Groot, yeah. and he should never work. That should never be, work. Shouldn't that work. shouldn't work, but yeah. that worked like so well. So for yeah. me, I yeah. mean, Guardians of the Galaxy, I think okay. is probably, right. cool. in terms of a kind of like regular, there's loads of kind of, you know, um, there's a there's a film. It's not five years old. It's kind of older than that. It's probably it's probably about ten years old. There's a there's an Estonian film called Rasulka, okay. which is like um, an Eastern European version of Amelie, which again I just absolutely adore. Uh -huh. It's such a great quirky little story with great uh -huh. music and great performances, and and it's just again it's like so well thought out. And who else? Oh, there's um, an American independent filmmaker called Maccabee who made a, a, an astonishing film called American Astronauts. Okay, which, yeah, I which didn't again, see it. I didn't see it. Uh, which again is one of those films where you go, oh, well, this is somebody who has like decided to kind of make films, you know, and he's made something that, that no one else would have made. And for me, it like just everything about that film works on so many levels. It's okay. so simple and visually interesting and weird and it's got a it's got a very kind of strong david lynch kind of quality to it as well. okay so as you can see my tastes are eclectic you know yeah, that's a, that's all right that's good that um but like yeah, good i think stuff. yeah i think that's kind of like yeah those are the those are the ones that really stick with me in lots of respects well um so, while wrapping up what do we what do we so first of all one my last i have another question for you does anyone no, no, ever just bring you on and say we want to make a movie about this Here's the person writing it. Can you, through the whole process of the script, of that's the script. literally what we're just going into. We're okay, actually in the okay. process. We're actually in the process of negotiating exactly that kind of deal right now. Okay, so so it's kind of it's a where that's that's the the, the thing that we've been working towards. Generally, what happens is you end up coming in when when you know some of the work's already been done. Yeah, when it's already but, but needs help. I actually much prefer to come in actually right at the beginning. 
Yeah. Like when it's just an idea and you've got this team, yeah. if, you've got a, if you've got a producer and a director and a writer who all like each other to start off with and who respect each other's work and who want to work together. Mm-hmm. I think the best way to develop a film is actually for those guys to sit down, those people to sit down and to actually kind of like work through the development process together mm-hmm. as a team, as opposed mm-hmm. to starting with a spec script. How That's does that just work? a kind of person. How does that work with you? Do you guys, would you, your company then get a, like a producer credit or a writing credit or like, um, is it just like. It varies from like. Like ghostwriting. Like it's like. It, like it genuinely varies from credit, from, yeah. pro, from, um, from uh, project, project, project. project okay. because I mean, like one of the guys on the team is a producer. He's a, he's like an award-winning producer who's yeah, won okay. a kind of golden bear and like got stuff nominated at Sundance and that kind of all that kind okay. of stuff so he's cool. he's kind of so basically he kind of deals with all of that I try to kind of I've tried to kind of uh, get a credit as development producer where possible okay. Um, okay. Or, or, um, or just development consultant if I must yeah. Um, okay. so I always try to kind of always try to go for a kind of producer credit or at least I try to go for a producer credit that's cool because so you got a you got a writer sitting here listening to this episode Mm. maybe they've written 20 screenplays maybe they've written zero yeah. screenplays where what do you tell them what do you tell a person who's sitting down to write do you have any like tips while you're getting started here are the three things you need to think about when you first sit down okay um <laughs> yeah i mean uh, <clears throat> what do you know actually okay so this, this is here's a really simple piece of advice which are, uh, which anybody can do, and it takes five minutes, and I just wish more screenwriters would do it. Before you start even developing characters, when you've got your raw idea, when you've got mm-hmm. this rough idea, I want to tell this kind of film, mm-hmm. right? Get Set yourself up a, an account on Pinterest, yeah? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And create a secret board, one that only you can look at. And collect photos of the locations that you think this film is going to be shot in. Mm-hmm. So actually, like, get photographs of the fictional world. Find photographs of people who look like the kind of people who would be the characters. Not actors, but just regular shots of people doing the thing. Yeah. So, so, for instance, like you were setting a, a, a film in Croatia right on the Mediterranean and it was going to be about a group of people who go scuba diving and discover this kind of treasure. Yeah. 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 Get photographs of like the Croatian coast of of a specific town uh, that you think like looks visually interesting. Get, take photo, get photographs of people scuba diving and all of that kind of thing and put them all on one board. And what you'll find is you'll be amazed at how much of the movie you can then visualize. Right. Because you've got you using all of this visual source material and it will also help you create characters because you're using that source material as the starting point. So, you know, that Mm -hmm. thing I said about you take information from the first impression that you get of someone. If your starting point is a photograph of an actual person Mm -hmm. doing the activity that you're writing about, then you're actually feeding off those visual cues. Yeah. And it just makes things way easier. So that's. That would be the first thing. That's one of the things I pretty much ask all writers to do is to do okay. that. Start yeah. by collecting photographs. Start by col- like watching videos. Yeah. Like start by collecting material rather than starting by writing. Yeah. So many um, times we're, we're impatient and we just want to sit mm. down and start writing. Even if, like for me, I've caught my own yeah. self being impatient and I just want to uh, get to the outlining, outlining and just yeah. outline my things so that 
when I'm writing, I don't have to, you know, come up the, with the next scene or any of that stuff. But yeah. I, I, I find myself impatiently getting to that before the idea is even like clear in my head. And it makes outlining impossible because you're like, yeah. you're, you're changing things, you're deleting things, it doesn't work anymore. Like, you know, the, the idea isn't like fully formed in your head yet. Can I, can yeah. I give you something that might help you with that? Yeah, yeah, right. sure. A lot of the time, like I think the reason that writers, a lot of writers work exactly that way. Yeah. And I think what it is, is because like ideas don't come fully formed. They come in like yeah. little packets. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And the packets often come in the wrong order as well. Yes. So like, so like you'll have, you'll have this, like this thing, it could be this moment in the film or this moment that you know is mm -hmm. what's driving the story. And one of the things that you can do with that, instead of kind of doing that and then trying to kind of create the story around that, you could literally go out and write what I call a seed scene. So literally mm -hmm. write that scene, mm -hmm. right? And, and it doesn't matter how bad it, because all this is, is like preparatory writing. You're not writing a draft. You're yeah. literally just playing with this world using writing as a creative process. Because that's what the whole thing is. It's a big rush to get to, to write the scene that you fall in love with. Yeah. It's half the and time I, isn't, doesn't even end up in your finished thing anyway. But that's okay, yeah. because you've got to yeah. remember that this is just part of the development process. Yeah, it's part of the And so like, what okay. I do is I call those seed scenes, and I'll just like, I'll write those scenes, and then I'll put them to one side. And, uh, you know, and the, the thing is, like, not to copy and paste them into the film. Yeah. It's to kind of, like, rewrite them when you get to that point in the film. But that's a lot a of the idea. time, you'll discover your characters whilst doing that, or you'll yes. discover, yes. like, things about it as you're doing. And it's this whole kind of thing about, Although, like, I really believe in organized process, also believe in using writing to kind of like as a yeah. creative process because it is that. It's just a case of doing it like intelligently. And for me, that's one of the ways to do that. It kind of breaks that kind of that thing of thinking, well, I've got this idea, now I have to fit it into a plot. When in fact, yeah. you don't. It, because yeah. it, it's what you have to do is let the cre like your creative process lead you. Yeah you know, through. And um, what it might want to do is show you that. And then once you've written that, you may find that you've got other ideas, either about characters or about something, and then you'll have this other bit. And you yeah. just like dodge back and forth until you get to the point where you're ready to do the kind of con the constructive work, you know. Um, does that help at all? I mean, that it's kind helped, of something. That it's something that's great advice. So yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. I, think you, I think we just became best friends. Yeah, oh, Brad, oh, no. Brad's well, actually, gonna want your I would I would be absolutely honored to be your uh, BFF. Absolutely honored. No, but definitely stay in touch. You know, well, how do people you... find you? Like, I know you're on Twitter. Um, okay, but so like, yeah, find me. That's pretty much it. Okay. Uh, well, I, I used I used. Uh, okay, so this is like. Um, sorry for all my friends on Twitter, but I'm going to tell you something dreadful now. So I quite like to connect with people on Twitter because it allows people to like they follow me, I follow them back, and then they can send me a DM. Yeah. And that then I get an email. Yeah. And that means I've got this kind of way of people emailing me without knowing my email address, which means right. if they turn out to be a nightmare, I can block them. Right. <laughs> yes. Um, That's a good idea. So I kind of like, <laughs> I kind of differentiate between kind of like my online network and my professional network mm -hmm. in yes. that way. So I, it's Very almost good. like, 
It's dreadful. Basically, what I do is I audition people to bring in yeah. across the barrier. Into, you have to. Yeah, you yeah. kind of have to because, I mean, in this industry in particular, you do run into people where you kind of go, look, and because people want to be involved so much. And a lot yeah. of the time they look at what you're doing and they go, oh, he has what I want. And yeah. I'm sitting here thinking, you genuinely, I genuinely don't. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, you know. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. I, know I can't like I probably can't you know, I probably can't help you as much as you think that I can. Yeah. Um yeah. because yeah, actually I still gonna, have to do it. Because people Because still I still have, to, have to go out there. I'm still yeah. kind of you know, I mean look at me, look I'm how old and decrepit and haggard I am. <laughs> right? I, and I'm it's my viewpoint. I am yeah, I'm yeah, literally yeah. I'm in at this stage and I am still in the process of kind of like building my career. Yeah, like yeah, I'm not yeah. at this point where I'm kind of like settled and everything. Yeah, I can just sit back yeah. and like people call me up and, yeah. hey, like, would you like to do this? Thing? No, I'm still having to like claw away for everything that I do. And I don't mind yeah. that. I'm kind of good yeah. with that. Yeah. I like what I do. I like the lifestyle that I have. Um, but it's kind of um, so I think do people, you? Like, you know. <laughs> Brad, Brad's not sure Brad he likes his lifestyle, I, but he, he it, likes. Well, it's getting better. Brad, Brad might like my lifestyle. Yeah, 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 yeah. Looks like it. you look comfy over there. Do you know? Uh, this is my office. I absolutely adore this. This yeah, is my. Yeah. This is my kind of. This is my space. I, I kind of paint and draw as well as kind of. Doing oh, that's yeah, that's what I was looking at. It's one so, of the things. We've known each other on from Twitter, like. Uh, for, yeah, for a long for, time. For, for a long time, I. Yeah, yeah. I think I talked to you maybe two years about ago about coming on our show and then we went yeah, on a really absolutely, long yeah. a really long hiatus while we finished some of our other stuff and while we had a oh uh, yeah i mean i've been really busy as well but, but you know, i'm I, glad I, I i'm both glad you came on and i'm also regret that we haven't that we, we didn't have you on uh, sooner you know i like, think you actually probably caught me at the right time because i good. mean it's kind of uh, if you're talking to me two years ago i could have talked about the book and i could have talked about a couple of other things but actually the last two years have like really changed what i do a lot so i'm now mm -hmm. at the, probably the most interesting point in my career i've ever been so yeah i thought you were gonna say you're the most interesting you're ever gonna be no no no, <laughs> no that, i was at my most interesting when i was about 46 so yeah that was yeah, kind yeah. of like a like and that was way way oh. that's a long time ago <laughs> i had a well, really good year you know everything kind of came together for me in that's good that's great because a lot of people suffered in the last year or two and uh yeah like, it's been really oh hard. no i made out like a bandit that's dreadful to say but i genuinely did <laughs> um well we will hit you up yeah. Uh, on Twitter, the next time we have a development question, do people just hire you as a like to to, to do script coverage, or do you uh, do you want people yeah, to I come mean, to like, you for like more intense like so, so basically, full on project stuff? Yeah, I mean, uh, I generally like on individual like one to one clients, like my own practice as opposed yeah. to Script Compass. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, yeah. I it's generally like I only work with producers, so mm -hmm. I very rarely work with individual writers. Okay. Okay. Um, because I've got it's it's just this kind of thing with script compass basically people come in um they're generally people have already kind of done something else in the industry yeah so yeah. they're either like actors who are turning to writing or people mm -hmm. who have worked in other aspects of the thing are coming okay. into this okay. and these are, we're going to do their first projects with them and they kind of sign up for a kind of development kind of package okay. where we take them through x through a process that would take you know okay. anything between well, on a on a short like you know five six weeks on a feature six months something like that. All right. So, well, we got to get your book. We got to get a copy of your book. And, well, uh, I mean, we'll... like I tell you, I like 
Send me your um, your postal address via uh, DM and Twitter, and I will literally. I'm still I'll, I'll not say, sure if I want to give you my email address. We get it. No, 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 no. By all <laughs> means, just this is just the I'm just I'm just What kidding. I'll do is I'll I'll uh, I'll post two copies over. Like, oh just, shit! Uh, yeah, let, let me give oh, let me give please. those to you. Yeah. Well, that would be, that cool. would be I, my I, absolute pleasure. I am there. I really. Uh, I. Uh, it's like I need to know. The, the process of the things you're talking about with the characters. I have yeah. been obsessed with human behavior and characters yeah. my whole life. Mike and I have I've, our own system uh, of characters yeah. and stuff, and I need to know what is your... I swear it looks like we're yeah. winging it compared to your process, though. It does. But, yeah, yeah, but we're we're pulling it out of our ass you put compared more, to what you do. Yeah. Like, you put more on paper. We do most of it in our head. So, yeah, yeah. So I, I need to see... Uh, yeah. what you're talking about well i mean i told the other thing i'll do like i'll do that uh and i'll also uh i'll um i'll send you uh, a link to a drive where i'll send you my template my uh spreadsheet oh, template cool. Cool. for yeah. project oh, development awesome. okay cool and it's kind of and then just like ask questions you know you kind of go like well why do you do that oh. i'll send some examples over as well so you can see oh, how great. it kind of works where, so where, yes. like it, it would be my absolute kind of pleasure to do that and at some point we'll like, let's sit down and t i'd like to know how you guys do it as well, because I'm like I never ever stop learning. Yeah. Yes, you know, uh, people have always got. We do it slowly. It's taking forever. Oh yeah, I mean, well, yeah, I mean, look at me. You know, it's kind of. <laughs> it's messy. It's like talking look to me sometimes. <laughs> look what I got to work with. Well, you. if you want to get in touch with us, we are Phil. Well, I don't know why you want to talk to us when you could talk to him. Yeah, but, uh, just skip. Just skip us. Uh, I'm Beckmeyer on Instagram, Twitter, and all that stuff, and he's the Balding Ewok or yep. Balding Ewok. Uh, you can send us an email at filmeverypodcast at gmail .com. We will see you on our um, Friday episode. And did we get his Twitters or what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, my, yeah. My, I mean, the easiest way to get in touch with me, if you don't know me professionally, is to find me on Twitter, and that's at Clive Frayne, spell F-R-A-Y-N-E. Um, yeah, that's it. But uh, oh, that's with it. an at at the beginning of it, and that's me. And if you follow me, I will follow you back. Okay, cool. Well, that's yeah. it. And I do try. I do try to answer all, any questions that people ask me, awesome. providing you know. Yeah, you're real. You're real nice on on Twitter. You're real nice. On I Twitter. work really hard at that. You wouldn't believe how much stuff I delete before <laughs> sending. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think I probably do. I think I probably do. Film Reverie Podcast is a production of Super Mega Ultra Entertainment and is produced by Michael Beckemeyer and Bradley Kingston. If you're enjoying this podcast, please be sure to leave us a five-star review in iTunes and be sure to click like or subscribe wherever you find us. That's it for this time. We'll see you again next week with another episode of Film Reverie.